Good morning. It is good to see all of you out this morning. It is good to see, have you here, and it's good to be able to stand before you once again. It felt good this morning for us to be able to have our Bible class again. It just felt like it was the natural thing to do. And so it's good to be able to, to have Brother Kirk back up here. I don't know, have you been up here even this year? Because I know you had your heart attack. January. January, so it's yeah. been a long time. <laughs> but we're glad to have you back teaching too. In fact, I, I was on the way here on February 9th to teach this class when I had heart attack. That's right, yeah, that's right. Anyway, our lesson for today is in Joshua. And again, we have uh, ascribed Joshua as a journey of inheritance. And just looking at our brief outline, uh, we have crossing the Jordan, and we did that last week, chapters 1 through 5. And we have conquering the land. That's what we're going to pick up on today. And also dividing the land. Uh, Rosie asked what I was going to preach on today because there's so much in these final chapters about the division of the land. We're not going to go into great detail about it. Uh, again, we're, we're just kind of hitting the high notes of, of all of these lessons, and that's what we'll do today. Thus far, we have gone through God's promise to be with Israel, His chosen people, in chapter 1. In chapter 2, we have the sending of the spies who were hidden by Rahab and the promise of the spies to save her and her family, and they did. Israel crossing over the Jordan River and the stones that are placed as a memorial and remembrance of God, once again providing for His people. That was chapters 3 and 4. And we didn't spend a, a great deal of time just basically mentioned chapter 5, the mark of the covenant, that being circumcision. And uh, that goes back to the old law as well. For this lesson, we're going to get into the conquering of Jericho and the continuation of the story of Rahab in chapter 6, a story that we are very familiar with. The eventual fall of the city of Ai, chapter 7 and 8, and the dis disobedience of Achan, a soldier, and subsequently Israel's defeat. Uh, the victories of Joshua, the conquering of the land of Canaan, chapters 9 through 12. The division of the territory of Canaan west of the Jordan River, chapters 13 through 22. And finally we'll close with the death of Joshua and his parting words of admonition in chapters 23 and 24. Uh, we have a lot to cover today, so we'll get right into it. We come to chapter 6. Chapter 6. And here we are in the conquering of the land. The conquering of the land. And here we have God's instructions for conquering Jericho. Uh, this goes back to what we read in chapter 2. And so we kind of go from chapter 2 to chapter 6. We have the spies going into the land. They find Rahab and her family. And they, they are saved by her. And they also promise to save her when Jericho is conquered. But we have God's instructions beginning with chapter 6 and verse 1. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, and the mighty men of valor. 
You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man before him. So they were too for six days to march around the city one time each. For those six days. Six times. And then we add on the seventh day. The seventh day they were to march around the city seven times. Thirteen times in all. Sometimes we get confused and think that they marched around the city only seven times. But in total it was thirteen. That was one of our Bible trivia questions two or three weeks ago. They are given these instructions of how they are going to defeat Jericho. How they are going to conquer this land. And it's unlike any story that we would ever hear. There is never going to be a military strategy where an army is told to simply march around a city to shout and and the walls are just going to fall down. That's not going to be the case. This is something far from what man can do, but this is something that is dependent upon what God can do. We have some very unique battles throughout Scripture, and this is certainly one of the most unique in which Israel conquered a nation. Uh, Gideon's another one that I think of, the, the time where Moses was standing with his rod held high. As long as he kept that rod above his head, they won. When he started to lower that rod, if his arms got tired, he had to be propped up. And we see that Joshua was involved in that one as well. But those are some of the more unique military strategies uh, in which Israel conquered the land. And this is certainly in that list. Rahab had previously mentioned the fear and dread of Jericho toward Israel. And this is not the first time that we read of nations being fearful of Israel. There was great evidence and it was well known throughout the world and throughout these nations that they are coming into what they have done. They have heard these stories. They have heard how Israel's conquered peoples and and how they have been victorious. And so other nations are afraid of them and Jericho is one of them. Joshua chapter 2, going back to what we read last week, in verse 8. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Why? Verse 10, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, For you, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. 
neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. It almost seems at times that other nations were more fearful of what God could do than, than Israel was in re recognizing what God had already done for them. Sometimes they forgot and they murmured against God. They complained. We don't have any water. We don't have any food. We can't defeat this nation. That's what got them into the wilderness for 40 years because they forgot what God could do. Jericho had heard the stories. Even many, many years after, Jericho knew the stories and they were afraid of Israel for that reason and more so, they were afraid of the God of Israel. Going back to Joshua chapter 6, Joshua gave further instruction. Now the city shall be doomed. Verse 17, by the way. Joshua 6 and verse 17. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things, and make the camp of Israel a curse, and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Notice here in verse 18 that Israel was commanded to abstain. To abstain from the accursed things. Why? Lest you become accursed. That's very important. Because we find an individual among Israel that failed to follow this command. Chapter 7, we find that Achan's disobedience was also Israel's sin. Verse 11, we'll get to that in a moment. But we come to verse 20 and we read of the fall of Jericho. God had promised to give Jericho into the hands of Israel and he was faithful to that promise. So the people shouted, verse 20, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. And the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. We read in verses 22 through 25 that the two spies were sent to rescue Rahab and her family, her father, mother, and brothers, just as they had promised her. And Joshua we find issues a curse upon Jericho in verse 26. And Joshua charged them at that time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn. With his youngest he shall set up its gates. 
So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. At least as far as, as I know, as far as I'm aware of, the city of Jericho has not successfully been rebuilt, even yet. We find Achan's disobedience here in chapter 7. This is a significant chapter because uh, we find that, that, that he sinned. Uh, remember that they were to abstain from the accursed things, lest they be accursed. Well, we find Achan failed to do that. Joshua chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass, a re, a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. We might think that, well, this is one man. This is one man that is sinning against God. But he is sinning against his people too. His sin is their sin. And in verse 2, Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men. For they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. What happened? They went up to Jericho and they did as they were instructed. They marched around the walls six times for six days. On the seventh day they marched around seven times and shouted with a great shout and the walls fell down flat and Jericho was defeated. They come up to Ai and they think, we, we have too many men. We don't even need all the ones that we have <clears throat> excuse me, to go up and, and to defeat Ai. So let's just send a, a, a portion of what we have. And they did. And they were defeated. Really, it didn't matter how many men they sent into Ai because they were going to be defeated either way. It wasn't the number of people that they were lacking. It was a problem that dealt with their sin. Because of their sin, they could not win against Ai. They could not defeat that nation. They sinned against God. Because Achan had sinned against God. Joshua chapter 7, let's begin reading at verse 10. Joshua 7 and verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they, they have even taken some of the accursed things. 
and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they had become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you any more unless you destroy the accursed things from among you. God wanted them to abstain from the accursed things for great reason. Not just so that they would, wouldn't be cursed by Him personally. But, but even if they were to take upon themselves some of these things, they would be tempted to think of their own actions as being victorious. They would be tempted to forget about God, and they did over and over again. Many times they forgot about God and how He had saved them. And this time as well, we find they forgot about the power of Almighty God. Verse 13, get up, sanctify the people, and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families. And the family which the Lord takes shall come by households. And the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. The covenant between God and Israel went both ways. It was not just a promise of God to bless His people, but it was also a promise by the people that they would be faithful to God. Achan transgressed that covenant. And we find that his fault is discovered. Joshua 7 and verses 19 through 25. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to Him and tell me now, what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, two hundred shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing fifty shekels, I coveted them and I took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, verse 22, and they ran to the tent. And there it was, hidden in his tent, with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, 
and they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire after they had sinned, or after they had stoned them with stones. Achan's sin affected others as well. It affected his family who may have known about the things that he had taken and buried in the tent. It affected Israel to the point that all of them, he and his family, were stoned with stones. took three things, a Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold. And that was his sin. And then chapter 8, as we come into chapter 8, we won't spend uh, time there, but, but it reveals the fall of Ai, this time because Israel went up with God. In chapters 9 through 12, we read of the conquering of Canaan, the conquering of Canaan. Joshua began by conquering Mount Gerizim, including Jericho, Ai, and Shechem. He then moved south, conquering Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and Hebron. And lastly, he moved north to Mount Ger- north of Mount Gerizim, conquering the land around the Sea of Galilee. And a summary is given in Joshua chapter 11, verses 16 through 23. Joshua 11, beginning with verse 16. Thus Joshua took all this land, the mountain country, all the south, all the land of Goshen, the lowland and the Jordan plain, the mountains of Israel and its lowlands, from Mount Halak and the ascent of Seir, even as far as Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon below Mount Hermon. He captured all their kings and struck them down and killed them. Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel except the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all the others they took in battle. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might utterly destroy them, that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them as the Lord had commanded Moses. In verse 21, And at that time Joshua came and cut off the Anakim from the mountains, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, from all the mountains of Judah, from all the mountains of Israel. Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities. None of the Anakim were left in the land of the children of Israel. They remained only in Gaza, in Gath, and in Ashdod. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had said to Moses, and Joshua gave it as an inheritance to Israel, according to their divisions by their tribes. Then the land rested from war. So we have division of these lands among the tribes of Israel. As we come into chapters 13 through 24, we have the dividing of the land. The land west of the Jordan River remained to be divided. The contents of the remaining chapters of Joshua 13 through 22 
uh, deal with that division. One thing of note that we might mention is that the Levites received no tribal inheritance. And that was something that goes back to the book of Numbers and to our study of it. Uh, Numbers chapter 2 and verse 33. We see that they were to receive no tribal inheritance as far as a certain uh, amount of land that would be given to that tribe. In Joshua 21 and verse 1, Joshua 21 and verse 1, we read this. Then the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites came near to Eleazar the priest, to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they spoke to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded through Moses to give us cities to dwell in, with their common lands for our livestock. So the children of Israel gave to the Levites from their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord these cities and their common lands. Though they were not given a tribal inheritance as far as the land was concerned, they were given cities to dwell in among their brethren as well as livestock. And this is of course according to God's perfect plan. But it seems to serve the purpose that it scattered the leaders of Israel among the tribes because they were. They knew the law. They knew how to follow it. And they were to lead Israel in following the law. And so it scatters the leaders of Israel among the tribes allowing them to better serve in leading and teaching Israel. Probably the most important thing that we read of in Joshua 24 is his warning to Israel not to turn away from God. These are his words of farewell in some respects because he is preparing them for his departure. As Moses did. Moses did it in Deuteronomy. Uh, he prepared Israel for his departure uh, from them as their leader and Joshua to take his place. So now Joshua also prepares the people for his own departure from them as well. He warned Israel against the idolatry of the Canaanites and other nations whose land they were inhabiting. It was common for nations to conquer other nations but to keep the practices of them and worship their gods and idols and things of that nature would be left behind and, and Israel would be tempted to turn away from God. And so in Joshua 24, as we come to verse 14, we won't read the entirety of the chapter, but let's read verses 14 through 18. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. In verse 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day 
whom you will serve. <clears throat> Whether it be the gods that your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the, God, of the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You make your choice. Then Joshua says, But as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to serve idols. We're not going to serve these gods that mean nothing, that can do nothing. We're not going to worship things that were created by God. We will serve the Lord. Joshua was a great leader of Israel. But even more so, I think this shows Joshua to be a great leader in his own home. And he and his house would serve the Lord regardless of what Israel chose. Verse 16, So the people answered and said, <clears throat> Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord <clears throat> to serve other gods. <clears throat> Far be it from us that we should serve, forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is He who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who did those great things in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. They committed themselves to serving the Lord. However, we do know that this was to be only a short time. For after Joshua passed away, there would be a, a, a remnant of Israel, a, a, a generation that would not remain faithful to him. And we read of the death of Joshua in verses 29 through 31. Joshua 24, verses 29 through 31. Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua... The son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at Timnath, Sarah, which is in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of Mount Gaash. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. So though faithful, though they were faithful while Joshua was alive to lead and remind them and even the elders that followed, a generation did arise after Joshua's death that did not know the Lord. Judges 2, verses 7 through 10. Now how would that be the case? How would a generation arise? Well, we talked a little bit about that. Uh, I believe last week or, or maybe before that, parents failed to teach their children. Grandparents failed to teach their grandchildren. 
We have a generation that arose that did not know the Lord because they were not taught who the Lord was. They were not taught all the things that God had done for His people up to this point. Because they were not taught, they did not know. And that can certainly be the case even today. It almost seems as if we have a generation of people already that has arisen that does not know God and will not know God unless we teach them. And so it shows the importance of our evangelism. It shows the importance of us teaching those who do not know the Lord of Him. There is a song in our psalm book. We won't take the time to sing it today, but maybe we can learn it later. I believe it's number 480, Dare to Stand Like Joshua. And it basically has the premise of, of, of what he told them. You choose this day whom you will serve. Uh, but as for me and my house, we, were, we will serve the Lord. Uh, might be helpful to look at those words later on if you have the time. In speaking to the tribes of Reuben and Gad, who with the half-tribe of Manasseh would settle east of the Jordan, as we read in Joshua chapter 1 and verses 12 through 18, and also in chapter 22, verses 1 through 9, 1 through 9 of them actually settling in the land. This is him speaking to those lands, to those tribes in the book of Numbers. In Numbers 32, Looking at verses 20 through 23. Numbers 32, beginning with verse 20. Then Moses said to them, If you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for the war. Remember that they did not want to go into Canaan. They didn't want to fight. And so this is what they are being told by Moses. If you do this thing, and if you arm yourselves before the Lord for the war, and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord, until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. I want you to notice the words of verse 23. But if you do not do so, then take note, you have sinned against the Lord. And be sure, your sin will find you out. Be sure, your sin will find you out. We are reminded of this not only in Numbers, but also in Joshua with Achan and his sin. Achan tried to hide his sin. Tried to hide the things that he stole. But notice that his sin did find him out. You cannot hide from God. You cannot hide from man. Your sin will eventually find you out. His sin affected others. It didn't just affect himself as, as one person. It affected his family. It affected Israel. 
His sin found him out. And even if you think that your sin is hidden, I guarantee you that it is not. Number one, it's not hidden from God because God knows everything. God knows your sin. Your sin will affect you in consequences. If nothing else, it will affect your, your conscience. Be sure that whatever sin you may be trying to hide, maybe you're even trying to hide it from yourself, but your sin will find you out. This is just as important a lesson for Israel as it is for us that our sin will find us out. And another lesson that we learn from Joshua, of course, the very end, the importance of choice. Israel was given a choice. Of whether they would serve God or whether they would serve the gods of the other nations. Whether they would remain faithful or whether they would turn to idolatry. We see what later happened. They forgot about God and they did turn into sin. But even today, we are reminded that we must make a choice. We too must choose for ourselves the one we will serve. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, both of which were sinful. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We have the confidence, the boldness of Joshua to say, that no matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens in those among us, we will not be influenced by it. We will serve the Lord always. We must make that choice as well. We start by choosing Christ. We start by choosing to follow Him. And when we do that, whenever we make that choice, hearing and believing by faith, we are led to obey in repentance and baptism for the remission of sins. Just as Peter told the Jews to do on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and verse 38, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Confess the name of Christ, that we believe that we have faith in Him as the Son of God, that we make a choice. But that's not the only time that we make a choice because we also have to choose to remain faithful. We choose Him and how we live and, and how we proceed in our lives. And that example 
is an example to those around us. Despite what your parents believe, or despite what your friends or other family members may believe, that's a holding point for a lot of people. But despite what anybody else may ever say, make the choice for yourself that we will choose to serve the Lord. The Lord God of the Bible, the Lord God that we know because of Scripture. Make that choice. If you've not made that choice, make that choice today. If you need to remake that choice, then make that choice today. But make sure that you choose for yourself whom you will serve today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month or next year. Make that choice today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you need help in making that choice, if there is some way that we can assist you in obedience or repentance, then we want to do that today. As together we stand and as we sing.